0: And we're going to get started. We've been going verse by verse through Corinthians. We're in the 11th chapter of Second Corinthians. Now some of this Second Corinthians language is a little difficult. The language of Second Corinthians. Probably a little more difficult than most of the New Testament. So we have to work on that. Now keep this in mind. Paul is writing to the church. The word church means assembly. Not a building. It's the assembly. And so this is the church, the assembly at Corinth. I've been there where they say it was, but there's nothing left from this church. It was What they had left there was probably the 7th or 8th century, and that's way too late. Anyway, Paul says in the verse 1, chapter 11, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Now Paul is using language that is kind of ironic. Bear with me a little in my folly. Now he, Paul does not for a minute think that what he's doing is folly, right. foolishness. Not Not at all. But obviously these folks at Corinth, We're giving him some real problems. He's getting accused of a lot of things. And he even sees them drawn away from him. So he just kind of humors them a little bit. I would to God you'd bear with me a little in my folly. Well, whatever you think about what I'm doing, just bear with me a little bit. Stay with me just a little bit. And indeed, bear with me. Hold up. Because I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. And he's, he has a great love and concern for this church at Corinth. Now, chapter 1 Corinthians, he had to rebuke them sternly on a lot of things. I mean, they were, they were full of false doctrine. And he's stated that in the last chapter or so. He says, "But I'm jealous over you with the godly jealousy, with godly jealousy. Now, jealousy, if it's godly jealousy, is not wrong. Fleshly jealousy can be destructive. But this is not the same kind of jealousy. He says, for I have espoused you uh, to one husband. When I espoused in the Portuguese, esposa. That would be your wife or a husband. We call it a spouse. And so I have espoused you. To one husband. Engaged you to be married. Now of course people that don't believe. In a faithful Baptist bride. Say oh well that's just symbolic language. That doesn't really mean anything. I don't think that's symbolic at all. He says that I may present you. As a chaste virgin to Christ. Chaste, pure, clean virgin to Christ. Amen. Now that looks to me like Christ has a bride. Is that pretty safe? Then these guys say, well, that, no, that's just a symbolic thing. No, 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 no. Let's let the Bible say what it says and, and quit, quit apologizing for it. So, Amen. <laughs> he said, now, That's your position, that's my position, that's where we are right now. But I fear, lest, that's not least, that's lest. Least would be L-E-A-S-T, and it wouldn't have any significance here. Lest, by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve. Now we go back to the Garden of Eden. Chapter 3. Genesis. Well now does it kind of look like. You know you got a whole bunch. Of so called Christians. That deny the first 11 chapters of Genesis. As Adam and Eve wasn't even real, real people. That's just All symbolic. As a matter of fact, they say between the verses you get billions of years. That's that gap theory. It's what I say about them. The gap's in their brain, it's not in the scriptures. But it looks to me like that Paul literally believed the events In the Garden of Eden. Without question. No questions at all. The serpent beguiled Eve. Well, I don't believe that snakes talk. Except for that one, it did talk. And you see, that's the reason Eve got in trouble. She should have said what I just said. Snakes don't talk. What are you doing talking? And they don't talk. But that did. Well, that serpent beguiled. Oh, deceived. Eve. Eve. Through his subtlety. What was that cartoon they had in that big snake? and Had those eyes at once. Trust me. Trust me. You know what I'm talking about? It's a cartoon. A tr- big snake up in a tree. I tell His eyes going around like that. The trust me. Huh? The oh, that's about what. The serpent did. Well. So. What's he fear for them? Now that he brings that up. What happened to Eve. Some. Six thousand years. From us. And four thousand years. World's was only six thousand years old. Amen. Give or take a few years. That's all. So. It'd be 6,000 years from us, and it'd be 4,000 years from Paul, give or take a few years. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, what does he mean, the simplicity that's in Christ? Well, really, this whole thing is, is it's not really complicated. Now, understanding all the ramifications and all that, yes, it is. <clears throat> but the basic facts are not all that difficult. God spoke the universe into existence in six literal 24-hour days. Everything that is was made by God. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. And he rested, ceased from his labors on the seventh day. And creation ceased by the seventh day creation had ceased everything that that is was made then and he made the stars also nothing left and everything had life within itself like begets like each kind beget its kind No, nowhere in any so called fossil find or in any laboratory, anywhere, ever have they ever found where a fish became a monkey. We know how ridiculous that is. But the so-called scientific world, the so-called educational world, they don't know how ridiculous that is. Because they, that every living thing, had a common origin. That's why when Ken Ham asked Bill Nye, the science guy, up there at the creation, at the ark, Bill, are you, are, are you kin to a banana?" He said, "Why not? Now you gotta, you got to be real, real dumb to be that dumb to say that you're kin to a banana. But they all believe that. That's what the, they, they don't know it. they believe it. That's why that evolution is a religion. Anyway, so, but we know what the truth is. God spoke and it was done. We've got the, the layout, Genesis uh, 1 2, the six days of creation. We've got the other things that followed in the first 11 chapters. And then it, it keeps that same theme throughout the Bible. And we see the greatest thing when man fell and Adam and Eve, we all became sinners. And the only thing that could possibly be done about it is what God set down in Genesis 3.15. The seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent. And before Adam and Eve left, they were driven out of the garden. God killed an animal. I think it was a sheep. And he made multiple coverings from the one death. Innocent lamb. Innocent sheep died and made coverings for Adam and Eve. And they received them by faith. I believe Adam and Eve were in heaven. Not because they're good, because they're not. But because Christ died for all of their sins. Now, so we're talking about simplicity, right? I don't understand how Jesus is a God-man. How how in the world am I going to understand that? But I believe it. I know it's true. He's as much God as he was man, as much man as he was God. Amen. And when he came into this world, it was for a purpose. According to the scriptures. That's what it says in the Old Testament scriptures. And he lived a perfect life. He had to fulfill the law. The Ten Commandments. He had, they had to be fulfilled. No man had ever, no human being had ever fulfilled them. Never. And had it not been for what Christ did, they still wouldn't have been fulfilled, because there's nobody that can fulfill them. the The law is weak through the flesh, is what it says. But from the time that Jesus Christ came into this earth, the God Man, He kept the law 100 percent, ever jot, ever tittle. He never violated one time. Never transgressed. And so he fulfilled the law of God as a man, the man Christ Jesus. And their kinsman redeemer. And when he went to the cross of Calvary, he paid the sin debt for all of the sins of all of his people. He suffered and he bled, he died, and 72 hours later he arose. Has to be 72 hours, got to keep that. Got to get that. Got to be seventy. It can't be Friday to Sunday morning. Can't be. That's false. That, that's a denial of the gospel. He was there for seventy-two hours, and in and when it was time, he arose by his own power, and he just ascended back into heaven. Now, now, it doesn't take long to tell that account. There's the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. But you listen, you listen to what these cults get into. Listen listen to what they do They beguile you with all of their All of their stuff That's why I don't even like to get into all this stuff That can't be answered There are things that cannot be answered And never will be answered this time of eternity Why am I going to spend my time in that stuff I ain't going to get an answer to it anyway And anything you come up with Will probably be a heresy I'm going to stick with what I know What I can, what I can determine Anyway So He was fearful that their minds by any means would be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now do you see though it's in the simplicity that's in Christ? Not that it's all simple, but it doesn't take much to tell it. And the and the facts is very simple. For, because, for is generally because. Because if he that cometh, now, who is this he that cometh? Well, it certainly isn't Christ. It certainly isn't the Apostle Paul. It must be a heretic. Amen. For if he that cometh, preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Now, now, now. What Paul say in first in Galatians first chapter? Oh well, huh? Another? Now Jesus said that many will come in my name. Imposters. Deceivers. And that's who's coming in here and and beguiling these Corinthians. He preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive another spirit. Remember John said try the spirits of what sort they are. Which you have not received. Or another gospel. Uh Paul said in Galatians 1 he said which is not another. Two words used. One ilos and one hetero. There's not another alos, another gospel of the same kind. There are many gospels, heteros, other kinds, but they're all impostors. They're all phony. So he says, another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel, which you have not accepted. Now here's a little problem. You might well bear with him. Now I'm going to do something and I don't want y'all getting mad at me. I'm going to actually tell you what the living Bible says about that. Throwing anything at me yet? Okay. You might well bear with him. Now look who he's talking about. He's talking about heretics bringing another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. Which you know we ain't supposed to bear none of that stuff. So this language is a little difficult, but if you see, I'll show you over here in just a second. Here's what the living Bible says. You swallow it all. <laughs> I like the living Bible on that You swallow it all. Now look, this uh, Hebrew, Greek, English, interlinear Bible has been out for a while. Jay Green. Uh, I haven't used it much. This was a monumental work when he did it. It He's dead now. All right. Literally, this is what it says from the Greek. (laughs) If indeed for the one coming, another... Jesus proclaims whom not we have proclaimed, or spirit another you receive which not you received. See, that's literal, <coughs> or gospel another which not you accepted. These well you endure. Beth brings it up there. That's what it, these well you endure. These guys bringing this heresy to you go along with them real well. But what are you doing with the Apostle Paul who's brought the truth to you? Well, here's what he says. For I suppose I was not a wit. Wit comes from whittle. If you whittle on a stick, what do you do? Cut a little bit off at a time, a whip. Behind the very chiefest apostles. I wasn't one little bit behind the chiefest apostles. Now, how about let's, let's look, at, look at Paul's authority and Paul's knowledge. And look what they're doing with those heretics. But though I be rude in speech, now rude doesn't mean ill-mannered. He says, yet not in knowledge, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things, They're treating Paul like he doesn't know anything, and those heretics do. And Paul says he's rude in speech. Well, now that word, (laughs) "idiotes," that's the word we get "idiot" from. That comes from "idios," meaning self. What is an idiot? Somebody who's full of himself and doesn't allow anything or anybody else into it. Have you ever known anybody like that? I have. (laughs) You can't talk to them about anything, they know everything. Now, that word is used in Acts 4, verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. That's the word right there. Idiotes. They marveled they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So that's the very same word Paul is using. now, in, uh, Back in 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, he has got a few references here. Verse 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the spirit out shall he that occupy the room of the unlearned. Now that's the same word. And then we've got uh, 23. If therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues. And there come in those that are unlearned. That same word right there. And then 24, if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. Same word. And then you've got our word here in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians. So, Paul's not saying that he's a rude man. Rude being ill-mannered. I believe believers ought to have good manners. We don't honor the Lord when we're rude, ill mannered, not at all. Uh, but what Paul is saying, my actions could look like I was an unlearned man. But I be rude in speech. And he plainly said with great plainness of speech and there's some some guys that preach and I mean they're professionals and you get done listen boy what a an orator but what did he say Well, I don't know but boy he sure sounded good <laughs> and then there's others that you can't miss what they say And there's Paul. He said, not with great swelling words, but with great plainness of speech. Well, we've been truly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted? He hadn't put on the dog for anybody. He could have. He chose to do that to keep from being offensive to them. Well, because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely, without a charge. He plainly says that he had the authority to receive offerings from them. And he took offers from some, but not these people. I've gone through that in my 50-odd years preaching. Many people, old-timers and many right today, ought not to pay a preacher. You ever hear of that? Well, yeah. Well, if he's going to give himself to the gospel ministry, if the church has got it, they ought to take care of it. I don't think he ought to be paid, make a rich man out of him, right. but he ought to be paid where he can support himself and his family, Amen. and be decent. Anyway, he said I abased myself, brought myself down low, so that you might be exalted, because I preached to you the gospel of God freely. Now he doesn't mean he held up a gun and robbed other churches. He took. From other churches, taking wages from them to do you service. So I've let other churches support me to do you service. He's just telling the truth of what's been going on, not holding back on it. A lot of people want to hold back everything. Well, some things you don't need, a Baptist preacher doesn't need to hold back on. I tell him, Derek, you remember Halford over me? Oh, yeah before the conference he says big crowd he says My church gave me a raise You know what I did? I took it <laughs> There are probably not a handful of people who remember that Well the point the point being the labor is worthy of his hire. Now, you go in and try to rip off a church that doesn't have any money? That's not what he's talking about. Now, and when I was present with you and wanted, that means I lacked. If you want, you have need and you're not feeling it. I was chargeable to no man. That means that nobody. I didn't owe anybody. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I've kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. I'm going to continue to do what I, to travel the path that I've set out for myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, No man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. that's where he is. Wherefore, why? Because I love you not. God knows the truth. God knoweth. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such... He's back to those bringing in a false Jesus. For such are false apostles. Now he says now so uh, you swallowed it all with them. What about me? And these are false apostles. And everything I've given you points to the fact that I am a true apostle. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. God not transforming them, them doing that to, to themselves. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You already talked about that back to the Garden of Eden, didn't he? The subtlety of the serpent. And that was Satan that did that. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose ends shall be according to their works. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about that same bunch in verse 4. I think people need to emphasize that when they get into this. I've never heard that emphasized. I just hear that verse his ministers uh transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. But never who's he talking about? How do you know? How do you know who they are? Here you go. They preach another Jesus. Ha! <laughs> they preach another spirit. They preach another gospel. Man, do you realize how many people that would whoo? What about those people teach you gotta be baptized be saved? Would that be another gospel? So. What? Mm. You got to hold out faithful to the end. You see what I'm saying? And whose end shall be according to their works? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. If I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. If you're going to insist on that, you're going to listen to me. That which which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. So now he's humoring them. For you suffer fools gladly. Seeing ye yourselves are wise. Now that's tongue in cheek. You suffer fools. You you tolerate fools gladly. Because you're so wise. You think you're wise. For you suffer. If a man. You. If a that's allow suffers allow. If a man bring you into bondage, how could a man bring them into bondage? Judaism works salvation. If a man devour you, if a man take of you. If a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak. How be it, whereinsoever any is bold? I spoof foolishly, I am bold all are they Hebrews? Sigh Judaizers, what is talking about? Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Hmm. Are the sisters of Christ? Speak as a fool. I am more. They claim to be, but I am more. In labors, more abundant. Uh, he's been truly made manifest among them all. It's what he said back there in verse 6. In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Now the reason for that save one, the Jews didn't want to go over 40. That was their limit. So they cut it off with one short. So five times he received 39 stripes. Let's cross his back. Paul was a short man. He wasn't a tall man. And the distance from his shoulders to his waist, not much. And yet he carried around a hundred and ninety-five scars on his back. Now each time, now those guys, those old boys, they knew how to how to use that whip, buddy. That's like him a punk spray spray painted all them cars and. Uh, Shanghai and he got caned and had the president and everybody else begging him not to cane him he was going to do about 20 or 30 licks and he got about 5 I think but I guarantee you that old boy if he's still alive he's got 5 big scars on his back because they know how to wield that cane buddy, <laughs> and they don't play games and those guys that used those bull whips, they, they broke the flesh every time they hit. Now, I don't know how far in between those 39 stripes were. that is too far. But you get 39 open wounds on your back, all the way across it, up and down it. And it had to be completely up and down it because 39... You just got so much room back there. And then the scar tissue. And then probably before it was even hard scars, it probably did it again. And opened them up again. And then again, and then again, and then again. I dare say that the Apostle Paul never was able to, to lay out on a piece of stone in a dungeon to sleep. How could you do that with your back nothing but a mess of scars? You know what they do? They, they draw. And so he's saying, that. look at what all we've been through and I've gone through. And look what you're doing. I think he's taking it easy on them. I really do. He said of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Five times 39. That's uh 200. Less five. Thrice, three times, was I beaten with rods. There you go. Now that's in addition. Once was I stoned and they thought they killed him. They left him for dead. Three times I suffered shipwreck. Now, somebody says, oh, that ain't bad. Really? Talk to somebody has been shipwrecked. Talk to somebody's had their had their boat or their ship shot out from under them, and they they've floundered in in the ocean. Been jellyfish, you know what they do to you? Get all over you, burn you, buddy, sting you. A night and a day, I've been in the deep salt water. Reckon he had any open open wounds on him. In journeys often, on the road, walking, in perils of waters, afraid you're going to drown, in perils of robbers. You always got the criminal element. They can do a lot of harm to you. In perils by mine own countrymen, the Jews wanted to kill me. In perils by the heathen, the Jews wasn't on them one. There's a heathen. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Pretending to be something they're not. Ooh. In weariness. You, Brother Paul, did you ever get just weary? <laughs> but he never let it stop him. And painfulness. He didn't have any Tylenol with him. Watchings often. That's staying up all night. In hunger and thirst, and fastings often. Think you ain't got much food and water? Why would you go fast? <laughs> In cold and nakedness, yeah, I bring the clo- cloaks. It's winter time. We don't have any coats. Uh, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily. The care of all the churches. He never gets that off his heart. The care of all the churches. Worried about what they're doing. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. <laughs> Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which is blessed forevermore knoweth that I lie not, brother Paul. I'd never consider you lying, but I've got all your word to, all this word of God to convince me. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas the king kept the city of Damascenes with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me. A whole army is trying to get him. And through a window and a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Amen. Those people just ain't treating me right. <laughs> Does that kind of sound ridiculous compared to what Paul went through? My goodness. I, never had, I ain't never had anything even worthy to mention with reference to Paul like that. Not, not worthy to even mention it.